Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Aaron, I considered doing that intro in the voice of Jack, and I'm glad that I didn't. But uh, thanks for joining me from uh, sunny Los Angeles. Smoky from Los the Angeles. home of Jack Nicholson. The home. Oh, you're in New Jersey. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, that's the birthplace. That's where he's from. Okay, that's right. Yeah, but much yeah. like uh, anyone smart that's born in New Jersey, he moved to L.A. So. Uh, how many times in your entire life of living in L.A. have you run into Jack Nicholson on the street? 13, 14? Uh, it's, it's in the <laughs> dozens. It's You're in it because you live in his neighborhood, so you see him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say his neighborhood, Jack is so rich that he can literally afford a full neighborhood. He has his himself. own. <laughs> so I'm not allowed in there. Um, yeah. Oh, dude. So never, gonna... <laughs> unfortunately, I've never met Jack Nicholson, but he, he is one guy that I would totally love to see in person. Oh, having a meal with him? Yeah, that would be great. Um, <laughs> I'd love to attend a Laker game with him. Oh, sitting, yeah. Sit oh. courtside, eat some chili with Jack. Dude, so many stars have stories about sitting courtside with Jack. You, I mean, just the, throughout the history and the course of all the late night shows, Letterman, Leno, even now, like Fa- Fallon, Kimmel, there's just an endless number of stories of someone, you know, some random celebrity that he's promoting a movie with, you know, where he's like, hey, you want to sit with my seats tonight? You know, he, he goes with them to the... That's number one of, of many more to come, by the way. Perfect. Uh, I thought that but, was Jack. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. You <laughs> thought he was here for a second. Um, I thought he called in. He was Skyping in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the dude... We, we will talk somewhat about the uh, the energy, the phenomenon, the uh, the experience that is Jack Nicholson. As but But more specifically, we're here to talk about Jack Nicholson, the actor... On our last pod, specifically, last week's pod, we called Jack Nicholson the biggest movie star of all time. Is that the verbiage? I think so. I think a case can definitely made that he's the biggest modern movie star. Yeah. You know, uh, in the early days of Hollywood, those stars were probably bigger just for the fact that there weren't many. So everyone knew their names and mm-hmm. their faces. But I think currently it's there's nobody bigger than Jack. He's had a reign in Hollywood for since literally like 1969. Um, yes. And I mean, you can just say the name Jack, and you know who you're talking about. You know who you're talk- when yes. you're referencing, yeah. So yeah. that's that's pretty that's pretty good. It's a pretty good indictment on how big of a, a movie star he is. And of oh, course, the you know. voice helps, and the the face, and everyone knows what you're talking about when you oh, do, yeah. do that voice. So, well, we're I have so many clips loaded up that we're going to play uh, clips from movies. You and I have prepared a list of our five favorite Nicholson performances. Um, and we're going to play clips for most of those. I think all but one of them. Uh, I also have some clips from some uh, stories that people have told about him, uh, which I thought were pretty funny. We'll play throughout. About Jack. A lot of Jack content. We're going we're gonna to plow through that. But just briefly, before we go full Jack, uh, a little bit of movie news. DC had their big event over the weekend and dropped some trailers that lit the internet on fire. Did you see these? I actually did see both of them. And um, one of them did leave me... Pretty smoking. Um, the other one, the not Shazam so Two much. trailer, or oh, which one? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm very hyped for Shazam Two. I cannot wait. Uh, uh, no, the the new Batman teaser. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. So tell me about it. What's your reaction to that? We've seen you've ex- we've all we've experienced a lot of Batman. Okay. Yes. But Tom Holland has shown with Spider Man that <laughs> you might think you're fatigued, but uh, you know you could be won over again. Were you won over by this trailer? 
it's a trailer or it's a teaser, right? So it's not even a full trailer. Sure. It's hard to say, but sure. it's pretty dang cool. It's, I think yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I think I just seeing it like right off the top, you get seven, the movie seven vibes. And, uh, of course, Robert Pattinson, we're huge fans. Um, I oh, think yeah. it's, there's something Dude. about it that just totally works. It's, it's very, like, it's very comic booky to me, to me as a viewer, it seemed very comic book. Um, but like graphic novel, not like full on comic book. Um, Look, it's very Ro- dark. Robert looks egg. great in the cowl. Okay. Yes. Like he, he looks good. He looks good in the cow. And of course, like, had he gotten this gig right after playing, you know, that vampire in Twilight, I might have had some issues about that casting. But of course, thankfully, we have good time and the lighthouse, <laughs> and you know, we know he's actually really good. But he looks legitimately good. Now, I was watching this trailer thrilled, and also wondering, are we going to hear Bat voice? Because Christian Bale had—I uh, would say—he made a choice that was uh, beloved by some, hated by others. Um, but I'll never forget hearing his Batman voice for the first time. Like, swear to me, uh, swear to me. It's very, very it's, distinct. Yeah, it's it, it's very distinct, very bad, very distracting. But he was so uh-huh. committed in the movie that Nolan was making so good that it's like we can get past this kind of weird choice, right? Like, little did we know he'd be upstaged two films later by Tom Hardy uh, within the voice department. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your punishment must be more severe. Uh, <laughs> But we did get a little bit of Bat voice from our Pat. Dude, he sounds yeah. great. It's a good Batman voice. Like, I was... seems weird that I'd care about that part. But honestly, like, I think he's going to nail this thing. Like, it looks good. Yeah, the bar... So, I think going into it, the bar is pretty low. Just because the whole... Um, what happened with the Justice League. And then uh, Affleck bowing out. And then just the whole turmoil. And just like you said, Batman fatigue. We have it. Um, we do until we got this first trailer drop or this teaser drop, and I think I'm more excited for this than I was probably any of the the Nolan Batman's. Um, but yeah, yeah, who knows? It could it could still stink. I just loved. It. I thought it was great to see uh, like Jeffrey Wright as uh, yeah. Commissioner Gordon. How great was yeah. that? Oh yeah, very cool. Great casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's good. I think it's the it, it, that would that teaser exceeded my expectations definitely. Um, but then again, I didn't really have many expectations about the movie, period. Which is probably good, I think. Yeah, sure. I mean, we hope that we hope the best for our Pat, right? We hope that he's not walking into a situation where it's, you know, not... Like, I don't know if Ben Affleck was at, set up for success. Like, he... I think he did a great job for what he was given. Yeah, but obviously, I other agree. circumstances around those films, they just didn't turn out as good movies. Thankfully, that's going to change because... Uh, Snyder is fixing that. It's now going to be a good movie, which brings us to our second trailer, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Um, is it bad that I would pre- prefer Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah than the original <laughs> Cohen version that is on that trailer? Honestly, what a terrible song for a trailer. Unless, well, I should say superhero movie trailer. It's bad. Did you? It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what, like, is, that, is it just me or was that distracting? Of course it is. That's he's like in typical Zack Snyder fashion. He's going for the the most in your face juxtaposition possible, right? So you have this uh, lull, lullaby, almost a hallelujah, the uh, Leonard Cohen version, mm-hmm. and then you have like the uh, contrasted with the the full in your face assault action of a comic book movie and the Justice League, which is like the most comic book in the worst possible way movie. Um, it's just a disaster of a movie, and I, I, it, it's a straight up comedy. It's so bad. I thought, um, and this trailer, 
people love this trailer. I don't. Do. People have been clamoring for the Zack Snyder cut. I wasn't oh, part one of those people. <laughs> well, it didn't exist. That's the thing. It didn't exist. Sure. I thought it existed as a thing, and then Zack Snyder's like, "Well, there's no such thing, but I can make one." Uh, I, I personally, honestly, I love the idea that people think this movie can be salvaged <laughs> with like random pieces left on the cutting room floor. Look, it's a bad, bad movie, and it will not be saved by the scenes that they cut out. I'm sorry. I'm reminded of how bad the movie is by watching the trailer. Oh like, yeah! People, oh yeah! It's it takes me right back to all those bad scenes, yeah. like the the flying beetle demons oh. or whatever those guys were. Um, just Dude, the bad the, acting of uh, so many people. The bad CGI of uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the uh, what was the guy's name? The robot dude. I don't even. Yeah, I don't remember the character name. Yeah, cyborg dude. Uh, who apparently I was will not say, having a great time on set, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't blame him. I will no. say the one thing that was a big improvement I did notice um, the CGI no CGI mustache on the uh, <laughs> Superman there. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love that. I love that. No CGI mustache removal. Just yeah. give Superman a mustache. Give him a mustache. They should have just given him a mustache. Did, uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it didn't Jesus. look like that was an issue with the trailer. So yeah. I don't know what they did, but they fixed it. This movie's gonna drop on HBO now sometime. I think the trailer. I love when trailers do just a year, not even a season, not even mm-hmm. spring of 2021. Which I don't blame them. It's COVID. We don't even. I mean, we're learning. We're we're really starting to realize COVID is not going away ever. It's just gonna be no. a matter, matter of managing it for the rest of our existence. But, um, but it's just like coming sometime in 2021. But yeah. when it drops, it's not gonna be received well. This community, passionate community of fans, either they've deluded themselves and hyped up their excitement that they'll like it no matter what, or they're going to riot. But one thing is for sure, it's not going to be good, right? It's just not going to be good. Yeah, critically, it's going to be trash. Um, what I want to know is what's taking so long? The movie's already been shot. I know. What exactly, what is the delay here? Uh, That's the, it's, seriously, it's the, I, they're saying CGI, but like how much extra CGI work? Because... Uh, this is not most of the movies already made so <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh, and then uh yeah so speaking of covid i think we're in covid year one so yeah, yeah. so let's get rid of the whole 2021 thing just call it uh c2 for c2 next year. Yeah. yeah yeah oh my gosh c3 well and coming. then c4 c4 that's gonna be an explosive year but i, mean, <laughs> I love for that Ooh, sorry well, dad hopefully hope hopefully get a a third snyder cut or a third <laughs> version of justice league by that time Oh my gosh, I'd love it. The Whedon cut version two, like, uh, <laughs> splices in Avengers cut. deleted scenes. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> all right, we ready to talk, Jack? You ready to get off of this? We have to, man. Yeah. Well, Jack has the connection to DC. He sure does. So that's what I was gonna say. That's our segue, by the way. Is yeah, DC. You know, as bad as Justice League has been, you know, they've had some success with Wonder Woman and Joker. Uh, obviously, enormous financial success with both of them, as well as critical success. Um, I've been look. I've been very open about this since the get go. Uh, I, no disrespect to Heath Ledger. No disrespect to Joaquin Phoenix. A little bit of disrespect uh, to Suicide Squad's Jared Leto. But uh, Jack Nicholson's the best Joker. He's been the best Joker since 1989's Batman by uh, Tim Burton. Uh, it's yes, over the top, cartoony. It's ridiculous. It's silly. Yes, Heath Ledger was was awesome. And yes, he deserved the Academy Award. And whatever, it's, it's, it's awesome and all, but dude, Jack Nichols is the Joker. He's the Joker, and uh, I just love that movie so much, and I love that performance, even though it's really bad. It's not going to make my top five list, I will say that right now. Not going to make my top five. Jack has better performances. But 
uh, I love that Jack signed on to do a comic book movie before Scorsese poisoned the idea that comic book movies, you know, aren't for real artists. But uh, <laughs> that I'm was just Scorsese that did that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> blame it on Marty. I'm gonna blame well, it on I mean, Marty. You, so I will say that Jack is oh, in my top three Jokers, um, <laughs> but he's he's not number one for me. I think for me, it's it, this is no bit. My number one Joker is actually the TV Joker. Yeah, well, he's the Romero. Okay, okay. I'm so. talking about I'm talking about cinema, cinematic universe. Well, there TV was a Joker movie and Adam West, of course. I'm not I'm not I'm never comparing Adam West to George Clooney and Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton, Christian Bale. Like I'm right. not doing well, that because Adam. FYI, West is there was a Batman TV show movie. Adam West did play. It, oh, it was a movie. Oh, there was a movie. Yeah, I should see it. Caesar Romero, Batman, uh, wow. Adam West. Yeah, so uh, it's really bad, really bad movie. <laughs> speaking of Marty, Marty Scorsese, he 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 made one movie with Jack, right? Just or was it more? Did than they? One? It was what, what The was? Departed. Oh, duh! Yeah, obviously, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but did he do more than The Departed? I don't think they did. I don't think okay. they worked together. I think that's Are the we, first time they ever worked together. Is The Departed on your top five? It is not on my top five. Okay, no, it's not mine. It's, it's, it, it's in my bottom five of Jack performances, but that's okay. just me. Well, yeah. we'll get to our list. I, I want to do a little bit of Jack uh, trivia info going into this. Like I said before, we're talk, we talk about, uh, we, we, in our opinion, in our estimation, he's the biggest movie star of all time. Now, he's also one of the most decorated. So he has 12 Academy Award nominations, the most nominated male actor in Academy history. Okay? I can't actually believe he was nominated for some of these movies. Um, he won three of them, okay? So, pop quiz, since I know you love the Oscars, you love Oscar trivia, history of the Oscars, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff like the back of your hand. So, um, the person who has the most Oscar acting Oscars is Katherine Hepburn. She's the only one with four wins, okay? Oh, so wow, she's in I a, didn't know that. She's in a league of her own. Now, there are five people who have won three. So, five men and women who have won three. How many of those five can you name? Ooh, three. So Jack uh, Nicholson. So okay, so Jack Nicholson, of course. So other yeah. than Jack, uh, it's got to be Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Uh, number three. Uh, boy. I think you'll get one other. Tom Tom Hanks. No, he, he's got two. Damn. Yeah, um, no, this is a big name. Big name, and it's recent. One is third Oscar, or their third Oscar. Yeah, their uh, third, yeah, yeah. I don't know what pronoun actually that. Thank this you. Individu- I appreciate that. This individual, this honestly. Individual, yeah, <laughs> this individual. This individual. I don't person, know. How to, but this human being. You uh, gotta help me out here. I'm dying. <sighs> Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The other DDL. two, uh, Ingrid Bergman. Okay. And Walter Brennan, who I actually don't know. Oh so. wow. Do you know okay. Walter? I don't know who Walter Brennan is, but. I mean, I've I know the name. I know his forties films. Work, I, I believe yeah. like 1940s, 1930s. So yeah. way back when. So anyway. So, yeah, I didn't realize oh, that that's five people that have won three Oscars. That's not, you know, that's a not a very big list. Uh, but Jack's one of them. So Jack's the biggest movie star. Now, is Jack the greatest actor of all time? This is a question that is debated, right? I Googled and I look. I honestly poured over dozens and dozens of greatest actor of all time lists from random bloggers in the middle of nowhere to, you know, uh, AFI's list to New York Times list mm-hmm. to actual publication, you know, legitimate publications. Well, not the failing New York Times, but you get it. And I actually <laughs> com- I've composed a list of like who was represented the most. So, in your estimation, who's part of that conversation of a greatest actor of all time? It's Denzel for me is number one. Right Denzel is in the list. He is yeah. in the top ten. I, I made a list of ten. Denzel's yeah. in there. Yeah. 
Denzel, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. Yep. yep. Uh, Jack is on that list. Yep. Jack's on the list. Um, gosh. At the top Ooh, of the list, else? though. The very top of the list. Well, Daniel towards the Day top. Lewis, yep. Uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon so Brando, Brando is in that conversation. Uh, and then uh, very frequently referenced Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman, uh, Paul Newman, Anthony Hopkins, of course, Denzel, uh, Lawrence Olivier, James, James, Jimmy Stewart, of course. Um, okay, some of us said Jack Lemon. I was like, mm, I mean, he was fun, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cagney, uh, Bogart, uh, Cary Grant, you know, some of the older ones, uh, and Gregory Peck, which is like cool. I I saw Mockingbird, but I don't really know much of his other work. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I agree with some a lot of these lists, not all of them, but Jack is represented on all of these lists somewhere between one and six. And so there seems to be, uh, you know, he's definitely at the top tier of this conversation of not just the biggest movie star of all time, but really one of the greatest actors. And so, um, like I said, he won three Academy Awards. Of all the movies that he's made, the three that he actually ended up winning for, as good as it gets, Terms of Endearment and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm mostly interested in talking about one of those three films. Now, Terms of Endearment, I've seen once. Cool sad not not on my top five mm-hmm. i don't know if you're a james l brooks guy is terms of endearment on your list james i am a james l brooks guy but ter- terms of endearment is not on my okay. list well, well i just think it's funny because two of those movies directed by james l brooks and i mean jack nicholson uh yep. nominated for two oscars are win- winning two oscars yeah, yeah. So. and the other nominations came from easy rider which is what he got his big big break mm-hmm. dennis hopper fonda peter fonda uh, Chinatown, which I talked about in last week's oh, pod. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more. Should have won uh, the Oscar for that one. Should, absolutely should have won. I don't know who won that year. Uh, a Few Good Men he was nominated for. The Last mm-hmm. Detail. Uh, Five Easy Pieces. About mm-hmm. Schmidt, which we'll talk quite a bit about. Uh, Prizzy's Honor, which is a movie I had not heard of before until this week. Uh, oh. Reds, the famous Warren Beatty film. Mm-hmm. Not be confused with, I think, Red Tails, which is the George Lucas um, <laughs> war movie in the sky. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Red a better, Tails. better film, by the way. <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, and then, Ironweed, another movie that I'd never heard of until doing Jack research. He starts with Meryl Streep. I didn't know that he starred oh, wow. opposite Meryl uh, in a big role, but uh, the movie was panned. But they, of course, they both got nominated for Oscars because that's what you do with movie stars um, so the interesting thing about Jack Nicholson Aaron we you and I have a lot of respect for him but I worry a little bit that his legacy for the people especially millennial generation anyone born in the 80s or after what do they really know of Jack Nicholson I man that is a great question I would think he's not really kn- he's basically known as like your parents favorite actor or or someone that your parents would associate with he's not what i would consider like a contemporary actor like of our generation because by the time we were growing up he was basically semi-retired he did out of his prime yeah yeah he did a movie every like maybe five years or so um and they most of them weren't good (laughs) unfortunately his work in the in the late 90s and beyond has been subpar uh, with very few exceptions unfortunately Uh, so yeah I think 
Jack was always just like a character. For me, growing up, I, I was always aware of like Jack as the movie star, not as Jack the actor. And I think that's like a, a comment on you know, basically his um, his victory lap as a performer, as an artist. Uh, he his, his prime was like the seventies uh, into the eighties, and then like nineties and beyond. That's like he's just kind of like running up the score at this point uh, because like he. He reached the pinnacle. He was biggest star in the world. Um, everyone associated Hollywood with Jack Nicholson. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so many great performances. And um, it just seemed like maybe he wasn't as inspired later in life. Uh, yeah, which is common. Maybe. We see that with, uh, yeah. with a lot of people that have success. And uh, especially those that are of like, more the playboy types like he is. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, he was the symbol of Hollywood for more reasons than just acting, right? I mean, this yep. guy was, there's Absolutely. legendary stories about Jack Nicholson, and uh, it's interesting, because growing up, I mean, I grew up knowing Jack Nicholson from, of course, Batman, like, first mm-hmm. and foremost, he was the Joker to me, um, and then The Shining was something we watched every Halloween when I was quite young, which is surprising, uh, and also, Jack Nicholson's the guy that's sitting courtside at the Lakers game, yeah. but it's really, at this point, he's the caricature of Jack Nicholson, he's the Yep. The Jack Nicholson with the Cheshire cat grin. The like, I'm Jack. The sunglasses. You know, the sunglasses. The, uh, like, yeah. hey, guys. You know, it's just this like, you know, which was fun. But like his acting to me was like, yeah, it's fun to see Jack Nicholson in a movie. He kind of like goes big. You know, it's just like <laughs> Jack Nicholson goes big. I really didn't know he was capable of doing a quiet performance or maybe doing a performance that doesn't require him to say very much. Like, it just, I wasn't familiar with that version of Jack Nicholson, and it wasn't until a little bit later on in life when I really started to dig into the f- to his filmography, which I'm still doing to this day. Heck, I just watched Chinatown, one of the great films of all time, right. just a couple weeks ago for the first time, and it really was stunning to me to see the type of work he was doing, because that's not the Jack Nicholson I was aware of growing up. I, it, he was, it was really a caricature. And so... Part of why I wanted to do this pod is to really pay tribute to Jack at his peak because we didn't live through it. Yeah, that whole body of work that happened before we were born, it's really hard to appreciate unless, you know, you actually do some, you get some guidance into, you know, what, uh, where you should start and and really what you should be looking for. Um, Of course, it was easier when we were younger uh, because we had like Blockbuster that we could go into. Now it's like, it's a little bit harder even to find those, I couldn't, those older movies. He has a couple movies that aren't streaming anywhere and aren't yeah. on iTunes, like The Passenger. It's a film that, you know, are on a lot of lists of the best Jack Nicholson movies. I can't find it anywhere. Right? I, that, that's a, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's pretty, you, you would think, right, we live in the, <clears throat> excuse me, this digital age where everything is archived, but no, it's not true. You don't have access to all that stuff. So. Yep. Uh, I should put up a couple images here. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into our top five lists. I do want to p- play one of my three clips of other actors that are telling stories about him. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, the whole like Jack courtside thing, uh, which I love so much as part of his brand. I mean, he, obviously, he's the West Coast yeah. version of Spike Lee for The Garden, right? Uh, <laughs> except, uh, except he pours homemade chili on the court sometimes. <laughs> this, uh, we're showing a, uh, an onion headline. Jack Nicholson banned from sitting courtside after spilling Tupperware full of homemade chili. The look on his face like, uh, you know. You know what's really funny is occasionally some some meme page like uh, on social media will stumble upon that image and think it's real. Oh, yeah. The image and the headline is real. So they'll just put it out there like, 
did you know or, or, or something like that. I feel like that happens a lot with Onion articles, yeah. which means they're doing yeah. a good job. They're doing the best job. So uh, before we go to our top five, I want to play this clip of Aaron Eckhart, who worked on a film that was in the later stages. I wouldn't say one of Jack's better films, but in a, a late stage, Jack, it was The Pledge. Uh, Ooh, which, directed yeah. by Sean Penn. Not a Wolf. great movie. Not a great movie. Uh, but this is doing press for, or he's talking about uh, working. Uh, Aaron Eckhart worked with him on the pledge. Um, I didn't honestly. I only saw that movie once. I didn't even remember Aaron Ar- Eckhart was in it. Me neither. Uh, but he's telling a story about how he was kind of, uh, kind of fanboying out uh, over working with Jack as he was flying on a private airplane with him. Well, I mean, Jack's. I'll tell you a story about Jack. Um, it's a really <laughs> fast story. Uh, when we were we were in Reno. Uh, preparing for the movie and, and so Sean stayed on in Reno to scout and Jack and I flew back on a private plane together. And so here I am, one of my heroes, and I said, Jack, I said five easy pieces, The Shining, Last Detail, Carnal Knowledge, King of Marvin Gardens. And you know, he's sitting there and, he, and we're in this private plane, it's humming and everything like this. And I'm like this young kid and he looked at me and goes, like I've always said, kid, I don't make movies. I make classics. <laughs> Which is really great. That's amazing. Really, really, really great. Um, the other two is, clips I have, yeah. Is the pledge a classic? No. No. <laughs> but they didn't know that yet. Sean was still. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sean knew, though. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope they. I hope they got paid for that. Um, I'll play the other two clips I have, which are specifically stories that took place uh, backstage at the Oscars. One told by Richard Dreyfuss and one told by the late, great Robin Williams. Uh, but let's kick off our lists in some clips. Uh, do you want to start or should I start? Yeah, so I'll start with mine. We, I, don't, I don't think we have a clip for oh, this yeah. one. But yeah. this was uh, <clears throat> a movie that came out in the mid-'90s. This is like one of the first movies that I actually went – I recognized that, uh, you know, I was a little bit older. I was like 15 or 16 when I saw this movie, uh, rented it, and – and I realized, oh, this is Jack Nicholson. He's, like, in a starring role here. Uh, it's the 1996 film Mars Attacks, which mm. is a Tim Burton classic. One of uh, Tim Burton's great, great great performances as a director. Um, really, really interesting movie. It's like a spoof on a 50s sci-fi, really fun movie. Um, it's like a comedy sci-fi. Packed and with Jack, talent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jack actually plays two parts in this movie, and this is why I picked it. So, I don't know if you remember, but... I only remember him playing the president. Yes, so exactly. So in the movie, the president, um, I don't remember if he dies or if he gets hit with a laser or he dies some way. And um, the pre- he's Jack. Jack Nicholson plays the president and he gets he's dead. I think the aliens kill him, if I recall. And um, so uh, his cabinet or like the White House basically says, we can't say that the president's dead. Um, because the world's gonna freak out. Basically, they're gonna kill these aliens. And we're gonna. Mm. It's gonna be mass chaos. So they find someone to replace him that looks like him. And that's it's Dave. Jack. That's that's the movie Dave. It's I Dave think. exactly. <laughs> so it's they find Jack um, in a casino. He's he was like a. So Jack is the second role that Jack plays is like a. Uh, he's like a small time casino owner with like prosthetics on his nose, married to Annette Bening. It's really really funny. I really need to rewatch Mars Attacks because I don't have any memory of that. Wow. It's a good movie. Funny. Great cast, too. So, uh, yeah, Jax is is awesome in it. It's number five on my list. I love it. Left a big impression on me. Mars Attacks. Wow. Mm -hmm. I do need to revisit that. 
my number five is one of the films he was nominated for. Of course, there's 12 of them. Uh, so it's going to be most of the ones on this list. This is uh, a, a pretty obvious one. It's A Few Good Men, directed by Rob Reiner, written by Aaron Sorkin. He is not in this movie very much. He's, I mean, it's probably similar to Anthony Hopkins' screen time in Silence of the Lambs, but similar and like Anthony Hopkins, really makes the most of it. Now, we talked about how Jack Nicholson is known for going big and going loud, and it's like he's mad, and the, like we, we uh, associate anger with him. Like, like when I talk about the caricature of, of uh, Jack Nicholson that I was aware of, it was like, oh, the guy that's always angry, which wasn't helped once he made anger management with Adam Sandler. It's like, oh, of course, it just kind of kept feeding into that. Now, here he does get angry, but it's a controlled anger before it really kind of releases this, the, one of the most iconic, you know, scenes in film history that you know you can't handle the truth you know but he he just has this really it's some ways subtle some ways not but this militant way of delivering these lines that like really feel like it would come from someone who's working from this justification and ideology and i'll tell you sometimes when he's going through this monologue i'm almost convinced like actually i do want him on that wall i need him on that wall like (laughs) you know he almost convinces me that's like yeah maybe i need people like this person to do the dirty work that i don't see and i don't have to think about it I mean, it's it's obviously it's famous and always quoted, but it's with good reason. It's really, really great. So I'm going to roll a clip on that. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel, Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut country. these guys loose! Your Honor, you had Marcus inside a bony transfer. Your Honor, you doctored the logbook. Damn it, Captain! You told us to doctor. Consider yourself in contempt. You. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. All right. <laughs> Woo. Some foul language there. Should have got a uh, trigger warning. Oh, uh, what's that? Oh, courtrooms? Do you need a trigger warning? <laughs> You've seen so many courtrooms? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, foul, foul language from Jack. Oh, did he say the D word? <laughs> I have edited out F words out of all these clips, FYI, by the way, because oh, I good. do not believe in the F word. I don't, I don't think it's real, and so I'm cutting it out of all these clips. 
occasionally I think a D word might slip its way through, but that's military language, locker room talk, as the president says. Yeah, you know, they're allowed to say that in the, in the courtroom. So I, I don't need to rehash a few good men any more than I already have. It's obviously iconic. What is your yeah. number four? So uh, it's a few good men. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wow. I mean, it's it's such so a great good. performance. I so think uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the only time he he acted opposite uh, Tom Cruise. And he, by the and, way, I love yeah. Tom Cruise. He can, Tom Cruise cannot hang with Jack in that. Scene. No. <laughs> I mean, nor can Kevin Bacon, nor can that poor judge. They're just not hanging with Jack. Yeah, no. Kevin Bacon also is like he poor guy. Like the the trolley has left the station, and he's just trying to hang on for, or he's trying to catch up. Yeah, he's uh, an Uber as he goes the down trolley. the hill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, Kevin Bacon is like forgotten in that, basically in that role, not even just that scene. Uh, but yeah, Jack is a powerhouse in this movie. Like you said, he's not in it for very long, but he doesn't need to be. Um, it's the perfect amount for this movie. Uh, it, and you know, it has some other good performances in it, but nobody can touch Jack in this movie. And they, and really, it's just they give him that those few scenes where he just chews it up, and uh, because he's excellent at at that. And um, there's also a couple scenes where he's like quiet about his dominance as well because that's just this whole thing like he's he's the dominant personality and in, in, um, not just the hierarchy of the system the uh the marines um but just in personality so whenever he's up against uh tom cruise's character you, you see that dynamic at play um and that that takes someone that has that presence that persona that jack has um not just on the screen but in real life i think it comes through uh, so uh, he's just a movie star in in this role specifically for me. Um, so it's a great it's a great performance, it's a great movie. Two two good men. Yeah, I don't think that line becomes as iconic as it does if it was delivered by anyone other than Jack. No. Uh, now, moving on to my number three. This where we're at. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. my number four. Sorry, my number four, which is oh, a film that I watched for the first time yesterday, and that's 2002's. Uh, Alexander Payne's 2002 film about Schmidt, another film that he was nominated for. I think Jack Nicholson's in every frame of this film. It's a character study about kind of the sad and melancholic man whose wife just passed, just retired from his job, is realizing that maybe his life didn't amount to a whole lot, uh, is, has a kind of a, not a super great relationship with his daughter who's about to get married to a man that he thinks is a joke and wants to, <laughs> tries to talk her out of marrying him. A waterbed uh, salesman. <laughs> a waterbed salesman played by Dermot <laughs> Mulroney. And, and, and really, yeah. he's, actually, he's really tremendous in it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I hadn't seen it about Schmidt till now. I love Alexander Payne. I love Nebraska so much. This movie really reminded me of Nebraska. I love mm-hmm. The Descendants. I love Sideways. Like, Alexander Payne is so good. And this is really, really good. And what's so good about it is this is Jack. I feel like this is his last great performance. The yeah, Departed is his last big one, you know, but like, it's, I don't know how, I wouldn't call it a great performance, but it's fun in the movie. But uh, he did, I don't think he got nominated for The Departed, but he did it for About Schmidt and he should have won. He is so dang good. Uh, Kathy Bates won. Uh, or did she? No, she did. She got nominated as well, I believe. She is incredible in this movie as well, mm-hmm. as she always is. But this is Jack Nicholson playing an actuarial uh, actuary scientist uh, actu- uh, for an insurance company and is kind of not a man of a ton of words uh is very kind of cheap and emotionally distant and 
it's just the opposite of real Jack Nicholson. And to see him play this role as well as he does, I mean, I was floored watching this movie. The movie itself is really tremendous. And just the whole thing is great. But Jack Nicholson, it's, this was him showing the world in 2002, at least, that he still has his fastball. That it's not just the Jack courtside spilling Tupperware chili all over the Lakers' beautiful <laughs> basketball court, but, which is a real news story. Um, but this is Jack showing that he's a legitimate actor. He's not just loud and, you know, we will be talking a little about The Shining. But people talk about just, you know, again, that's the caricature. Jack knows how to go crazy, but he doesn't go crazy in this movie. And I'm going to roll a clip. And honestly, this clip is about as crazy as he does get. He gets kind of emotional. He's writing a letter to this kid that he uh, quote-unquote adopted or whatever in Dugu uh, from uh, Tanzania that he's writing letters to and he's kind of describing his life and this is his form of therapy and in this one he's, he's describing it this is the very beginning of the film he's kind of complaining about his wife to a six-year-old in Dugu in, in Tanzania <laughs> uh, and so I'll, I'll roll clip here but what about my family you might ask uh, what about my wife and daughter don't they give me all the pride and satisfaction I could ever want? Helen and I have been married 42 years. Lately, every night, I find myself asking the same question. Who is this old woman who lives in my house? Why is it that every little thing she does irritates me? Like the way she gets the keys out of her purse long before we reach the car. And how she throws our money away on her ridiculous little collections. And tossing out perfectly good food just because the expiration date is passed. And her obsession, her obsession with trying new restaurants. Seafood buffet. Let's go there Sunday. And the way she cuts me off when I try to speak. And she goes ahead and seats the people came in behind us. Well, the thing Which that normally, now, I wouldn't mind at and all. And I hate the way she sits and the way she smells. For years now, she has insisted that I sit when I urinate. My promise to lift the seat and wipe the rim and put the seat back down wasn't good enough for her. No. <laughs> okay. Good little little. That's about as as heated as he gets in the film. I mean, he's it's a yeah. really subdued performance. But oh, Jack is great in About Schmidt. You Powerful. love this movie. Powerful. It's a great film. I, I think we should do a full episode on the movie because Agreed. I think it's just so brilliant. Um, but this is uh, everything about this movie. I, we worked at the movie theater when this came out, and we recall. I don't know if you recall, but. I, I made note of uh, the, the the type of person that would oh, come yeah. see this movie. If the movie was a huge hit uh, theatrically, hundred and six million. million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the people. I mean, obviously, I don't know the demographics na- nationwide, but just the demographics in our theater, average age was probably upper sixties. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a movie. This was a movie for baby boomers, uh, starring baby boomers. Yeah. Uh, because look at the story. Look at the character of of uh, what was his name Warren Schmidt. Um, yep. he, he lived the ideal boomer life. Um, he worked for a stable company for like 30, 40 plus years. He made a life for, uh, uh, he took care of his wife. He had a daughter. Um, they had a nice house. They had money. Uh, but if you look at it, there's like a nihilism to it because he's so unsatisfied with life. He's so bothered by it all, um, but he just keeps it bottled up inside. He's so unhappy and um, once his wife is gone, and once his job is gone, and, and his daughter is getting married, he has nothing. There's no fulfillment. There's no 
actual life there. Um, it was just all this pursuit of, uh, or this dedication to a job that he, he had no real uh, connection to, um, almost like spiritually. It's basically, he thought it was his purpose in life, but you can see how quickly that job left him. Uh, there's a great scene where he uh, he's uh, he uh, he makes this transition. He hands the job off to his new guy, the new younger guy that's replacing him, and he comes back to the to the office, uh, or he's walking past the office, and uh, he sees all his old files. They had literally been thrown out in the trash with his name on the side of the box. It's it's a very very funny scene. It's sad. I mean, it's it's really sad because that's his life's work. His life's work, and it's just tossed to the trash, and that's. A metaphor for what work is, especially the type of baby boomer work where um, you worked for a company for 40 years, and once you're gone, it doesn't matter. You're just replaceable. And he's uh, left so with what, a bad relationship with his daughter, and exactly, yeah, and and wife. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why people, older people, went to go see this movie so frequently uh, because they could see themselves in that character, and I it probably made them sad. Uh, I, <laughs> but. Um, I think, um, or they thought he was a hero, movie. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or he is the hero, right? He is the yeah. hero, um, but he's also a bad guy, like that's he's the a, other thing. He's a, he's a bad person in this movie, even though you're yes. rooting for him, like exactly. You're weirdly kind exactly. of rooting for him, but he's not a good person, he's a terrible person, he's very judgmental, he's cheap, um, he yeah. doesn't appreciate his wife, he talks down to his daughter, um, yeah, yeah he always I mean, brings up, like, you know, a bit. Like that, he sends her Petty. checks and things, and he's yes, paying for yeah. you know, and then kind of threatens, veiled threats of mm-hmm. pulling, you know, that type of. Fun. It's yeah, he's there's so many people like him that he he he's so good in this role because it's such a real person. There are a lot of people yeah, that are like this person. The American Dream, basically, is what it is. Um, great movie, great performance. Uh, I'm glad it's on your list. So, all right, back to you on number three. Yeah, what I have for number three is uh, the movie Hoffa. Ooh. Can I tell you Roll that I clip. did not know this movie existed? I, I did not know that someone other than Al Pacino serious? played Hoffa oh, until I was doing wow. this. And I watched it and I was like, oh, you know, as good as Irishman is, Jack Nicholson's the real Hoffa. <laughs> he is the real Hoffa. Yes, he certainly is. Directed by Danny DeVito. Don't forget that. Danny, his co-star from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Danny DeVito? That, that, that one and only Danny The DeVito. one and only. <laughs> it's always sunny mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We have a two-minute clip, uh, or roughly a minute-and-a-half clip. You want me to roll it? Yeah, let's, let's see it. Set the scene it's up. Very What's, happening? Scene. What's happening in this scene? Who's this scene, so you have um, Jack Nicholson is... So, so the, he's playing Jimmy Hoffa, who's a union mm-hmm. leader, union boss uh, from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Milwaukee. Um, who's basically the, Teamster, the head of the Teamsters, very powerful union um, throughout, in the 60s. Um, they're still pretty powerful, but at the time he was basically a mover and shaker. One of the most, probably the most uh, powerful person that wasn't in politics yep. um, at that time. And uh, because of that power, he has enemies in Washington. Uh, specifically, in this scene, he runs up with uh, Robert Kennedy, mm-hmm. um, who's uh, the Attorney General at the time. And um, so they're they're about to butt heads, and I think that's what this scene is. And the scene is edited for efforts, but I will roll tape. There's quite a few efforts in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. Give me that briefcase. Put this in a safe for fun. Subpoenas from the McClellan Committee. Uh, Loan policy. The loans are legit. All the Las Vegas loans. Record test fleet. Test fleet is legit. Kennedy and the committee. 
vendetta. It's a vendetta. These two little creeps are right in the office. We have a subpoena. Forget about the subpoena. Jimmy, the one thing you cannot do is square off with the White House. Square off with the White House? Then they don't square off with me. You follow me? Don't tell me who I can square off with. Don't use words with me. Any man. Any man. They have a subpoena. And I say the subpoena. And you too. Guy need his brother elected president of the United States to get a job. You're a joke. You would have been a bond salesman somewhere. You're the brother-in-law they make jokes about. I don't know what you're trying to prove, but you're proving it. You're proving it, Hoffa. I'm proving what? You've got nothing on me. You've got a TV show. The Justice Department has plenty on you, Mr. Hoffa. You don't impress me, and your office don't impress me, and your family don't impress me. Bunch of rum runners. And I don't need $300 million, and my brother elected president will whop your ass, you slimy little prick. I beat your ass that trumped-up charge down south. I'm going to beat you again. There is no organized crime. The team's there's not going to see you else. in jail, Mr. Hoffa. For in what? Jail. What do you do? The pension fund has the best record in the country on loans. Oh, bulls. Best record in the country. Bulls. For the working man. You ever heard of work? Look, you know what I work want is? I this man in jail, and I'm not going to stop until I see Who you behind Who the f*** are you? Who the f*** are you? F*** you, and f*** your threats, and f*** your brother. What did you say? You heard me. What the f*** did you say? I don't succumb to pressure, and I don't succumb to threats. Yeah. I, I don't succumb to threats. I love it. I love the. So Kennedy. Jack, Jack is great in that scene. Not yeah. so sure about no, his the scene partner RFK. was obviously absolutely spooked to be acting opposite one of the greatest of all time because boy did he buckle under the pressure and fall right into caricature Kennedy. Oh, I, I tell you, my brother, it's like really bad. Like that guy is yeah. bad, but but Jack he looks like him. Jack is someone, though, that really brings it, like, no matter how bad the movie can be, and to be clear, he's been in some very bad movies, he's still going to just give it his all. Like, I mean, I have, maybe there are movies I haven't seen of his where he doesn't, but uh, he's bringing it there. Now, is the movie good, Aaron? The movie's pretty good, yeah. It's, I think it's worth a watch. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty long, but it's, a, it's really, I mean, Jimmy Hoffa is a very interesting character. Definitely mobbed up, definitely crooked. Uh, but all those guys were, you know, that's just, that was the nature of uh, that powerful position. So it's a great movie, great performance. Um, I re- highly recommend it. Well, my top three, I think that's where we're now in the top three. My top three probably could be interchangeable. I mean, it, really, any of these could be one, two, or three. Um, and so it feels weird to have this one at number three, as I'm about to say, but it's Stanley Kubrick's masterpiece, The Shining. Um, before I play the actual clip, which is the iconic bat scene, uh, I I'm gonna, it's a muted clip for those on the pod, so we'll talk about it as we watch it. But this is a kind of a famous, it's, you can find it on YouTube. It's a behind-the-scenes clip of Jack Nicholson preparing for the scene where he uh, does the Here's Johnny, you know, after he uh, uses the axe to cut through the door. Uh, I find myself right now, honestly, I'm starting to talk like Jack Nicholson on accident, like, Here's <laughs> Johnny. Um, and so uh, we'll play it up here while, while, while I'm chatting with you. But he's basically just freaking out in the back, and this is... They're reading their lines. He's kind of getting amped up because he needs to be kind of full crazy. And oh, yeah. boy, does he, Danny Torrance, or, or uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack. Uh, Jack Torrance, of course. Go crazy. There's this assistant, whoever this is on the side, that's like trying to avoid him uh-huh. as he's going nuts. He grabs this guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but he's just, just going nuts. You can see him just really working, which is kind of cool to see as he preps for what is yeah. this super famous image of, you know. Jack Torrance completely losing his mind and trying to murder his family. So here he is approaching his wife, Shelley Duvall, who is so good in this role. I mean, I 
yeah, this is a jackpot, but holy cow, she good in this. Uh, it's a little bit long, so maybe I won't play the whole thing, but it's so good. Uh, and this is from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. <laughs> ever thought about my responsibilities? Oh, Dick, what are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? Have you ever thought for a single solitary moment about my responsibilities to my employers? Has it ever occurred to you that I have agreed to look after the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? Does it matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract, in which I have accepted that responsibility? Do you have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is, do you? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future if I were to fail to live up to my responsibilities? Has it ever occurred to you? Has it? Stay away from me. Why? I just want to go back to my room. Why? Well, I'm very confused. I just need a chance to think things over. You've had your whole life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more going to do you now? Stay with me. Please. Don't hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me! Wendy? Stay away! Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the f in. <laughs> Stay away from me! Don't hurt me! I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me! Stop swinging the bat. Stop it! Put the bat down, Wendy. Stop it! Wendy, give me the bat. Please! Stop it! Give me the bat. Stop it! Give me the bat. Stop swinging the bat. Please stop! Give me the bat, Wendy. Stop it! Wendy! Stop! Give me the bat. Dude, oh man. So Iconic. Good. Iconic stuff. Oh, uh, real terror. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, we're not here to review The Shining. It's a masterpiece. But Jack, yes, Jack goes big. Now, I I noticed on there's some criticism of Jack Nicholson's performance, believe it or not, in this movie. Because he's supposed to be someone who's uh, like a seemingly normal dad. Yeah. Uh, you know, struggling author or whatever. That's That slowly descends into madness due to the things... Uh, the you know the location of the Overlook Hotel. The truth of it is, is as soon as we meet his character in the car ride in the opening credits, he's already halfway to Crazy Town, <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah. you know like he's kind of already seems unhinged from the get go. And so there's some criticism about how it's like you know he's just kind of crazy the whole time. I don't. I mean, I understand a little bit of what people are saying. I, I don't totally buy it. I still think that this is just a masterful performance. And yes, it's big, but he goes big in all the right ways. It's so good. It's beautiful. I think it's. It one of his best obviously I have, it, I have this movie as my number two number two um, okay yeah because he's just he's just uh, such a powerhouse in this um, I mean you just saw in that clip how how terrifying he is how menacing um, and you know what's funny is he's not exactly the biggest guy in the world but yeah he is just so frightening the way that he's stalking it, uh, Wendy in that scene oh. so he's the movie's it's 
probably the greatest horror film of all time. It is, um, yes. Yeah. I think it's just brilliant. Uh, but yeah, his performance in that from the top to bottom, I just think is incredible. Uh, you know, I can see why people would say that he doesn't. There's not a lot of build up as far as how he breaks as a, as a uh, as a character as a man. Um, but even in those early scenes, you can tell there's something building up behind all that that facade. I mean, he's a failure. He knows he's a failure, and there's just something behind that uh, that frustration underneath it all. Even when he's just interviewing for the job, there's just something there underneath, boiling under. Um, so yeah, I think it's a phenomenal performance. Um, one of Jack's finest for sure. One of the greatest of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh yeah, really, really good movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's it's amazing. So that was your number two, which would have been next That's anyway, right? That's my number right? two. Okay. Yeah, well, before I, I do my number two, I want to play a clip of Robin Williams talking about winning his <laughs> Oscar for Goodwill Hunting and then running into Jack Nicholson, who seems to be at backstage, by the way, at every Oscars. <laughs> He's either front row or backstage, which I, I just, I love. Uh, but here it is. When I won my Academy Award, he was there. He won, this was his third Academy Award. We're standing backstage because they're just about to take you to the press conference. And he goes, you know, Robbo, now I have one for every decade. (laughs) (laughs) Great, oh, still playing. Great impression, by the way. The best. Really, the best. Everyone does a jack. That one's the best. Um, So uh, my number two is a film that we talked about last week. Should have won for this one, and that is Roman Polanski's masterpiece, Chinatown. Oh yeah! Now we talked. We went big with The Shining. This one, he's this private investigator who is being used as a pawn uh, in a in a larger water wars battle. Who refuses to be just this pawn to be played with. Uh, you know, the whole movie starts with this idea of him investigating someone's husband, and the woman who who asked him to do it wasn't actually the wife of that guy it was some hired gun and so right off the bat you can tell his character is kind of like okay this isn't my fight but i'm mad <laughs> i'm mad that i was kind of tricked and, and then oh yeah little by little he starts to kind of uh i was gonna say the uh, ball of yarn or whatever the <laughs> analogy is but like he he realizes that uh there's a much bigger thing here at play but he hasn't figured it out yet and you can tell that he's a really good private investigator but this scene, this first clip I'm going to play is is speaking to Faye Dunaway, and you can, he knows something's up, but he hasn't cracked it yet, and it's kind of her letting her know that uh, that's kind of where his head's at. It's uh, anyway, it's re- it's a short scene, but it's really really good. I think you better come with me. But why? There's nothing more to say. Will you get my car, please? Okay, go home. But in case you're interested, your husband was murdered. Somebody has been dumping thousands of tons of water from the city's reservoirs, and we're supposed to be in the middle of a drought. He found out about it, and he was killed. There's a waterlogged drunk in the morgue, involuntary manslaughter if anybody wants to take the trouble, which they don't. It seems like half the city is trying to cover it all up, which is fine by me. But Mrs. Mulray, I goddamn near lost my nose, and I like it. I like breathing through it. And I still think that you're hiding something. So good, so good. That's Jack right there. So top of his game. So good. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna play just a, a clip from the ending. This is a, it's less voice. He doesn't say very many words. I think he says one word. It's really all in the facial expression. I won't say what happens in the ending because if you haven't seen Chinatown, I really want you to watch it. But it's it is a shocking ending, and he's reacting basically to just he can't really believe how things 
just unfolded. It's this disbelief, and you can tell he wants to do something about it, because up to this point in the movie, he's always been able to react and do something about it. Whatever obstacle is thrown in his way, he's able to dodge it or, or go a different way, whatever it might be. And you can tell he can't believe what happened, how, how things ended up, and he wants to do something about it. Well, the cops are basically telling him, get out of here. Like, don't, you know. And so forget it's really... Forget it, Jake. It, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. So it, so for those listening to just the audio version, I apologize you won't be able to see it, but uh, it'll be fun to listen to. You want to do your partner a big favor? Take him home. Take him home! Just get him the hell out of here! Go home, Jake. Jake, it's Chinatown. Ah, it's such a good movie. So, yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I'm a little late to the game saying Chinatown's a great movie. The whole world uh, has been saying that since 1974, but <laughs> that's my number. Well, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, like, these are... these Again, these are movies that we heard about growing up if we had any sort of interest in movies. And you wonder, like, is it... Do they really live up to the hype? Or, you know, were we, like being lied to essentially yeah. and you don't know you don't because when you're younger you're not going to sit down and you're probably not going to sit down and watch chinatown yeah um unless you're weird uh unless you're weird <laughs> but uh no so i mean it's great to go back and watch these classics and just verify for yourself like people had really good taste and there was definitely artists before uh we we were around we were born so yeah. it's you, you really need to go how- back and appreciate this is how Jack became Jack, right? It was, yeah. you know, Chinatown, um, and, uh, and and really the next film, which I'm assuming your number one is the same as mine. Now, before we say what it is and play that clip, one more Jack story from Richard Dreyfuss. You want to hear it? Oh, absolutely. And I read that you went backstage and got on an elevator, and Jack Nicholson was on the elevator. Yes. Jack Nicholson was on this elevator, and as the door opened, and he saw me holding an Oscar, he said. I bet you're really glad I wasn't up for anything this year. And I was, too. It's a good bet. From a, what well, seems like a miserable person, Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, and he just says he was, he, was, he was grateful. He won an Oscar badly, you know, like most, of course, actors <laughs> would. But, um, but anyway, I, I, I'm not totally surprised we landed at the same number one. But uh, go ahead and reveal it and let me know why, why to you is this his best performance. So number one, obviously, is One Flew Over of the Cuckoo's Nest. I think uh, this is Jack in all his glory. Uh, he runs the gamut of emotions. He gets to play over the top. He gets to play sympathetic. He gets to play the hero, the villain, uh, the best friend, the mischief maker. I think this is all the best elements of who Jack Nicholson is as a movie star, as an actor, and probably as just a man in general. Um, he's just really cool. Like, that's the one thing I didn't, I didn't really harp on, like, throughout this entire uh, retrospective of his work. Jack Nicholson's cool. Like, that's the so, thing. Oh, my gosh. He's incredibly cool, and that's part of, like, his whole persona. This movie, One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest, uh, playing Randall McMurphy, he gets to play cool. Like, he yeah. is super cool on screen. Um and uh, I think it's just the movie speaks for itself. If you haven't seen it, this is a movie that you should go watch tomorrow. It is yes. so incredibly important. 
for a number of reasons, but really, it's the performance in this movie just make it one of the greatest films of all time. Jack is on another planet here in this whole movie. Um, it's such a, such a great performance, great film, great direction. I think uh, it's it's a movie that uh, everyone should celebrate, um, and this performance is the finest of his amazing career. So I 100% co-sign and agree. I, I didn't think I was going to put this one at the top because this was towards the beginning of his career. This is his first Oscar win. You know, I don't. Easy Rider was his breakout role, but this was kind of the really big blow up. Um, but for all the reasons you said, man, this is, yeah, he's playing. He's in a he's playing a character in a mental institution, which mm-hmm. you'd think like, oh, it's an opportunity for an actor to be able to go crazy. But like, he shows everything. His range of like the quiet, cool the persuasive and then goes full charisma and look this is a you know a dude that you know I don't, I'm a degenerate kind of person that's trying to yeah. uh, pretend mentally ill to beat the system and then he falls into the situation where he realizes this terrible thing is going on uh, this situation being run by this awful nurse and it becomes kind of a battle of uh, wills against each other and, and to set up the scene that we're going to play which I love this scene so much for so many reasons uh, but he is wanting privileges to turn on the New York Yankees baseball game <laughs> on the TV, and they they have this session, this official meeting that they've con- you know that they've put uh, that the nurse is uh, conducting, and she tells Jack that they can't watch it unless there's a majority that vote that they want to watch it, and so you see the scene. This is uh, up leading up to what I'm about to show you, but he basically is trying to persuade all of them to raise their hand so a majority will do it. And before he can get a majority, she adjourns the meeting. <laughs> and you'll see once he gets the majority ha- how he responds. One thing I do love is the fact that we are talking about baseball. How upset he gets and his kind of physical mannerisms are not unlike when a manager gets in the face of an umpire and he kind of stomps and storms <laughs> off and then sits down on the bench. It really is almost like going back to the dugout, yeah. which you'll see in this clip. But then you see him seething with anger and then an idea pops into his head. And I love Jack's this little this moment of reaction of like oh oh that's a good idea and he looks over at her and he's like yeah i'm gonna do this and then uh and i love the slowly little by little danny devito christopher lloyd the, the inmates that slowly come walking out to see what he's doing and i love how the transformation from them being like um is he allowed to be doing this and they look over at the nurse and back at him almost kind of like or looking for like you know the cosign from her until his charisma in this moment really wins the guys over to the point that they're not looking at the nurse anymore they fully buy into the imagination they love it and he's like totally charismatic and he really he it's this moment where he's endeared himself to the rest of the group and it is so powerful and it's so fun and you can see how upset the nurse is realizing that uh oh if she doesn't do anything you know he's going to control this group and she is the one that's all about the control so anyway that's a, I know it's a big build up but this is such a great movie and there's a million clips we could play but this is just one of my favorite ones, so roll tape. Mr. McMurphy. Ah? Uh, the meeting is adjourned. All right, just wait a minute, will you? Just one minute? You can bring the subject up again tomorrow. All right, Chief. You're our last chance. What do you say, huh? Just raise your hand up. That's all we need from you today, Chief. Just raise your hand up one time. Show her that you can do it. Just show her that you can still do it. Just raise your hand up. All the guys have got them up. Just raise your hand up, Chief, will you? Huh? Come on, there's gotta be one guy in here that's not a total. Mac? 
Chief! The Chief! Ah! Chief! Nurse Ratchet! Nurse Ratchet, look! Look! The Chief put his hand up! The Chief put his hand up! Look, he voted! Would you please turn the, would you please turn the television set on? Into the television. The Chief please. has got his Come hand on, up right there. Get in there. The Chief voted now. Will you please turn the television set on? Mr. McMurphy. The meeting was adjourned and the vote was closed. But the vote was 10 to 8. The chief, he's got his hand up. Look. No, Mr. McMurphy. When the meeting was adjourned, the vote was 9 to 9. Ah, oh, come on. You're not going to say that now. You're not going to say that now. You're going to pull that hand out now. When the vote, the chief just voted, it was 10 to 9. Now, I want that television set turned on right now. Kicks, he delivers. It's up the middle, it's a base hit. Richardson is rounding first, he's going for second. The ball's in the deep right center. Davis is over in the corner, cut the ball off. Here comes the throw, Richardson is rounding first, he goes in the second, he slides, he's in there, he's safe. It's a double, he's in there, Martin. You look at Richardson, he's on second base. Kovacs is in big trouble, big trouble, baby. All right, here's Tress is the next batter. Tress looks in, Kovacs. Kovacs gets a sign from Roseboro, he kicks once, he pumps, he fires. It's a strike. Kovacs' curveball is stabbing off like a Firecracker. All right, here he comes for the next pitch. Press swings. It's a lot of fly ball in England. Jack is so good. Yeah. A well-earned Oscar. Wow. Yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Devastating, <laughs> devastating movie, but so, so good. I mean, one of the greats of all time. <sighs> so, that's our list. I think the, the only thing that uh, I regret was not putting anger management on my list. Oh, don't you worry, because we got a clip of anger yes. management. I know you're a big Adam Sandler fan, yes. so I went and dug, and I found your favorite scene. Also, you I said love he's, he's I love the it. Sandman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the Sandman. I love, I love Jack, and I think they were magic in this movie. So. All right. Well, we're gonna grab Anger Management, a film I have not seen. Um, I can't believe you haven't seen Anger Management. You, you actually really should watch Anger Management. I was, Management. I was afraid. I was afraid it would, it was gonna tarnish Jack. It was the caricature. I thought I was leaning into this thing, and I was like, it wasn't well reviewed. So I got scared. I got really scared. But this clip might, might have changed my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we do have a few other these leftovers, like the Batman. We obviously didn't show a clip. But, uh, but yeah, here, let's pull it up here. Keep on smiling. Oh. I said over easy! Now, why did I do that? Because I refused to spoon with you last night? The angry man opens his mouth and shuts his eyes. <sighs> Alphabets, no matter how old I get, always a culinary delight. No, I don't. 
explanation for the egg throwing. He's a psycho. Okay. Don't sulk, Dave. Eat. Sit down. We'll be off to work in a jiffy. We'll be off to work. Now, by wheel, I assume you mean just me, right? Well, I have to join you at work. Full contact. Uh, I think that's gonna make me look a little nuts, buddy. Bringing a shrink to work, you whipping eggs at people? I don't know. You must never be ashamed that you sought help for yourself, Dave. It's not a weakness. I mean, I had to be there by 9 o'clock. I don't think we're going to make it on time. You're not even dressed, buddy. The Talmud says, wherever you look, there's something to be seen. Look, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, um. We have a couple, should we play the rest of our clips? Let's see. Is it worth yeah. playing? All right, Absolutely, we have a couple man. more for you. I know we're Jack, over we're our Jack is gold. Minutes. Jack is great. So we do have a clip from a movie I have not seen, which uh, is Five Easy Pieces. He was nominated. Mm -hmm. But this is a scene that is kind of, if you Google scene from Five Easy Pieces, it's going to be this scene <laughs> in a restaurant. And yeah. so um, he's one of the little, iconic Jack Nicholson. He's a little, he's a little crass movies. towards the end. But uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, this is good early Jack. It's early mm -hmm. true Jack. I'd like a uh, plain omelet, uh, no potatoes, tomatoes instead, a cup of coffee, and toast. No substitution. What do you mean? You don't have any tomatoes? Only what's on the menu. You can have a number two, a plain omelet. It comes with cottage fries and rolls. Now, I know what it comes with, but it's not what I want. Well, I'll come back when you make up your mind. Wait a minute. I have made up my mind. I'd like a plain omelet, no potatoes on the plate, a cup of coffee, and a side order of wheat toast. I'm sorry, we don't have any side orders of toast I'll give you an English muffin or a coffee roll. What do you mean you don't make side orders of toast? You make sandwiches, don't you? Would you like to talk to the manager? Hey, Mac. Shut up. You've got bread and a toaster of some kind? I don't make the rules. Okay, I'll make it as easy for you as I can. I'd like an omelet, plain, and a chicken salad sandwich on wheat toast. No mayonnaise, no butter, no lettuce, and a cup of coffee. And number two, chicken salad sand. Hold the butter, the lettuce, and the mayonnaise, and a cup of coffee. Anything else? Yeah, now all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> you see that sign, sir? Yes, you all have to leave. I'm not taking any more of your smartness and sarcasm. You see this sign? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like that that inspired a whole generation of uh, restaurant goers. <laughs> it, it's it's not unlike an interaction that I had at uh, Taco Bell after working at mm -hmm. Taco Bell, right? And understanding that, you know, what, well, I'll say this: when I was there, when I was 15 years old, that we got this new promotional limited time item called the cheesy gordita crunch. Okay, now most limited time items involved uh, an, an additional ingredient that wasn't usually on the line. So that's sure. it was limited, right? Like the chicken Caesar grilled stuffed burrito, which was excellent. It had the Caesar dressing that wasn't on any other item. But once we ran out of the Caesar dressing, the, it was it. No more you know, chicken Caesar grilled stuffed burrito. Now, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch has nothing unique in it. All of the things on a Cheesy Gordita Crunch are already in any Taco Bell kitchen. 
So uh, maybe a year after I was working at Taco Bell, I am out of town. I don't remember where. And I go up. I ask for Cheesy Gordita Crunch. And they say, oh, I'm sorry. That was limited time only. And I said, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I know that it was a limited time item on the menu, but I also know that you have all of the stuff back there to make it. There's no special <laughs> grill. You know? So I'm trying to explain. I, I was like, oh, you know, I'm on, I'm on the end, right? Like I was part of the bell yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like common language, right? This person wasn't having it. They're like, it's just not on the menu. They're looking at the screen. They're like, I don't have a button for that. And, and they're like, we just don't offer it anymore. I was like, you know, you do offer it. It's just not. And I said, okay, fine. Can I get a side of pita bread and a side of three cheese blend? And I would like that grilled on the quesadilla griller. I would also like a crunchy taco with beef and Baja sauce. Easy on the lettuce. Once you have the pita bread with the cheese, I would like you to put <laughs> that crunchy taco in the middle of the melted cheese on the pita bread. Then I want you to fold it like you're making a double-decker, which is an item that is on the menu. Okay? I want you to wrap it like you'd wrap a double-decker. You should put it in the bag. I want you to hand it to me. And <laughs> the person looked at me cause, like I was a dick because I was. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I wanted a cheesy gordita crunch, and anyone that's had one knows why you would want one. Uh, but the well, look little did you face, know? Yeah, yeah, you were you were inspired by Jack, and you had never even seen the movie. I was similar similar to Jack. I was kicked out of the restaurant at that moment. They're like, "No, you're not. that's this isn't happening. You're not getting it." And I didn't. I did not get it. <laughs> anyway, it really made that clip really reminded me of that. Um, anyway, not one of my best moments. Also, not one of that employee's best moments either. <laughs> Okay, so let's wrap up our Jack talk here. Uh, we're n- I don't really have anything to say about as, g- uh, about as Good As It Gets or Something's Gotta Give or the later Jack movies other than The Departed, which is a great movie, but not one of his great greatest performances. I'm glad he's in the movie because he's a towering figure, but you can yeah. tell that Jack is uh, beyond... He's not even a designated hitter on the squad anymore. He is well past the prime. And so um, it was... I don't. I know it wasn't officially his last role before he retired, but it was his last no really well known role, and uh, I'm glad he did retire. Uh, I'm glad he's not doing what De Niro's doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad, really. Yeah. I mean, well, we know De Niro's hard up for cash because there was that story about his. Uh, oh yeah. His restaurant closing or something. His wife's restaurant, but yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 They were well, only going to bring in five million or something. <laughs> so they had yeah, to and he the had doors. a big uh, public argument with. I think it might be his now ex-wife or estranged wife, but mm-hmm. he had a big argument in a restaurant. <laughs> where he said out loud that he wouldn't have to keep taking on these crappy roles if she didn't spend so much money on the restaurant. Not good. Not a good public outburst. Ouch! Staff, Ouch! Our young guy. But probably true. Probably true. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. This is a long pod. Anything else, Jack? Jack stories? Jack movies? You want to hit on? I mean, I did send over a clip that I oh, would like you to play if you got it. Oh, I thought we played them all. Oh, is this one with James Spader in it? Yes. Okay, this is a movie called Wolf. I have not seen this movie. Is this, this is you, you want to end on this, this clip? Is, yeah, this is not one of Jack's finer roles, but it's a very important clip. This was 1994, Jack Nicholson. This, yeah, there's a long line of... There's a commonality in a lot of... A lot of these Jack movies where he has a scene in a bathroom where he doesn't make the bowl or the urinal. And I didn't sure. realize this was one in a long line. But here he is with a very young-looking Robert California. Um, <laughs> all right, real clip. I hope we can work together without rancor. You're fired, Stuart. Don't, don't do it to me, Will. It'll ruin me. 
I know. But it's best for the firm. Give me a few months, let me say I quit. No. It wouldn't be best for the firm. You vindictive son of a The best thing for the firm is me. I'm the best thing this firm has, and you know it. This is worth it. Are you crazy? No. I'm just marking my territory, and you got in the way. Suede shoes. Uh, Spader, love or hate him. This is just another example of me, for to me, of how otherwise good actors act like can't hang with Jack. Like, you know, he's oh, finding yeah. that scene, but just kind of like you're watching them act together. I'm like, oh, yeah, one of these is like just towering <sighs> over the other yeah. in terms of their mm-hmm. presence and charisma. It's really funny. It's you just see this over so and over again. Just real quickly, the premise of the movie Wolf is Jack is a werewolf. And so no, he's, he's like, not. Is this a Teen yeah. Wolf sequel? Uh, well, it's like adult Teen Wolf, basically, and he he basically like he's de-evolving into like a dog wolf. No, and that's why he, he pees on his feet. <laughs> yeah, that's why he does it. Crazy. Oh, I thought. It was that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was literally so he's, like, asserting his, his dominance. Yes, as the alpha. Yeah, yeah. This Very is not a terrible. And it's, movie. This doesn't. It's not a good movie. I'm assuming. It's, it's bad. bad. It's really, really bad. Wow. Well, I'm glad we played a clip from Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, who are we going to talk about after Jack? Who follows Jack? I know Duval we I'm, talked about. Are we ever going to do a Brando, Marlon Brando? Yeah, we or, could do Brando. Or we if I Duvall. offered you De Niro or Pacino, which one are you taking? Yeah. Probably De Niro. I think De Niro has uh, yeah. the more I, interesting career. I think so. Taxi Driver is what gives me. But Dog Day Afternoon yeah. is also interesting. It's great. Uh, I love Pacino. I love Pacino. No, Pacino's so. great. But yeah, De Niro, I'm with you. I'm picking, I'd pick De Niro. I see, I see a comment from Christina. Oh, yeah, please. Did, did you want to go over the full list? I don't think we did a recap. Oh, did we not? Yeah. The full list of? Your top five, my top oh, five. Yes. So for me, top to, uh, number five, A Few Good Men. Number four, About Schmidt. Number three, The Shining. Number two, Chinatown. And number one, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Beautiful list. Mine was uh, number five, Mars Attacks. Number four, A Few Good Men. Number three is Hoffa. Uh, two is The Shining. And then one is Cuckoo's Nest as well. So many great performances. So many good movies. Like we love Jack. Keeps it, we love Jack. We really do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss Jack. I mean, I do miss Jack. He stopped making movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... I love that there are still great. I haven't seen the last detail, the last, uh, five easy pieces. Like I, I'm actually excited to keep discovering new early Jack performances mm-hmm. that, that kind of become this gift that keeps on giving. Oh, I've yeah. been on There's this kick since Chinatown, uh, and so I'm really excited to dig into this. Brando is another one where it's like I've seen On the Waterfront. Of course, I've seen Godfather. Of course, I've seen The Score with Edward Norton and Robert. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great movie. I'm, it is a great movie, but it's, it, it it's is his last movie. performance, and he's not looking so so hot in it. No. But Apocalypse Now, um, and uh, what, what's the other big one of Brando's? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But I know Brando has made a whole bunch of really good gems that I have not seen. Other well, than young, young Brando, yeah, young Brando, especially. Oh, yeah, especially. No, late stage Brando was a problem. 
<laughs> Brando, yeah. Brando was too grateful he didn't live to be in the Me Too era because it would not have been good for him. He didn't live in the Me Too era, and he had a terrible reputation for the way he treated people. Oh, yeah. Including oh, yeah. his own children. And so imagine how it would be now. Uh, he escaped that one. But as an, as an artist, he's, I, I am interested in digging into that work. So maybe that will be one we do in the future. So. Sounds good. I'm All good. right, Aaron. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, say hi to Jack the next time you see him at a Laker game, if you're ever to, allowed to go to a Laker game. <laughs> good luck to your Lakers uh, on advancing the next stage of the playoffs. Of course, I don't mean that. I don't wish them luck. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 